and be sure to access the link in this episode for access to all its giving content. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of It's Giving, hosted by your boy, Brandon the Introvert. This episode is going to be a special one in the sense that this will be the first episode where I'm reviewing a film. Um, so this is about to be a learning process. This is a learning moment for all of us. Um, not to say shit is going to be trash. Nothing's trash here. But um, yeah, this is going to be my first time. So I'm really looking forward to it. And um, the film that we will be reviewing is none other than The Batman. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of The Batman. If you know me, um, has been one of my favorite characters favorite superheroes um honestly since i got into comics um so you know i've been reading looking at batman in every format that you can imagine comics movies animated movies animated film i mean animated uh shows shit drawings all types of stuff so um i'm really looking forward to this one now this the format of this episode will be kind of a hybrid of quick thoughts where I kind of just go over the premise characters, et cetera. And um, without going over the plot, because I just feel like the plot is way too, uh, I think talking about the plot is best served on a different type of format. Um, But with this one, it's kind of going to be the quick thoughts and it's giving where I kind of give you the score. Y'all already know. So y'all are going to see how it is. Um, but yeah, let's, shit, here we go. So with the premise, we have Batman in what I believe is his second year of fighting crime and donning the mask, the identity of Batman. Um, so holding that identity, that mask, the cape, the cow, all of that is still fresh. We see a Batman that's still learning, still carving out a space for himself as Batman, but also himself as Batman within Gotham, especially as a vigilante. Um, and I, I, I like, I like how they stray away from not even I don't want to say stray away but this isn't the Batman that's fully formed that we all see all the time the the Batman that's in his 40s that's had decades of crime fighting experience or even at least a five years of crime fighting experience this is a new Batman that I feel like at least major audiences that really haven't delved into Batman like that haven't seen before so I like how they kind of strayed away from the typical, okay, he, 20 years later, Batman's fully established and he just has to fight a villain and stuff like that. Um, and with the same themes, which, I, which I'm going to discuss later, but I feel like the themes are still kind of similar, whether it's a fully formed Batman or not. Um, but yeah, this is a Batman who is still new on the scene. Now, the setting, it seems like it's in a modern kind of 2020s-esque setting uh, with, like, you see stuff like Instagram Live or, like, Instagram Live-esque type thing, Um, social media, what have you. So it's still in a modern setting, but the Batman is just pretty new. Um, We see influences from Batman Year One, where it literally is his first year as Batman, 
Um, and we also see Catwoman's kind of her first time um, donning the Catwoman suit and donning the Catwoman identity and all of that. Um, and also influenced by the long Halloween, uh, especially evident at the beginning of the film where it starts off on the day of Halloween. Um, so we see a lot of influences. I believe there's another inf major influence, but I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with that uh, comic story. But um, yeah, we see these early influences and how they're shaping the Batman to be the Batman that we all know. Um, by that, I'm talking about like the seasoned Batman. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, that's the premise of the movie uh, moving forward. So we're not going to give you a play-by-play -play of the plot. Um, as far as the setting, all y'all need to know is a crime happening. Batman has to solve it. Um, but we will be going over the characters and other things. So if in this analysis, if I give any spoilers, which I don't think they're going to be deep spoilers, then this is a spoiler warning, I suppose. Um, but like I said, I'm not giving any like plot twists, like really heavy spoilers. I feel like y'all will be okay with how I break this down. Um, but let's start off with the characters. Um, so we have Batman, Bruce Wayne, played by uh, Robert Pattinson. This Batman sees things as black and white. Good must fight evil. Evil must be feared by good. Um, he uses fear to grip, have a hold on the criminals. Um, and we see fear is kind of what fuels him in a way. In a lot of the scenes, like I just see him, I feel like the fear kind of leads to anger and the anger kind of makes him lose control. And we see him lose control a little bit throughout the film. There's a lot of scenes where, yes, he has great fighting skills and stuff like that, but then sometimes he goes a little too overboard with like low petty criminals, you know? Um, like he can't control himself pretty much. Um, and from what we see in the film, from what I gather, I feel like it's him, his, it's still him, he's still a child. He's still a child that's afraid of the bad guy. But before the bad guys can make him afraid, he has to make them afraid first. Like, so he kind of puts on this identity um, of sorts and uses it to invoke his sense of justice. And in a way, I suppose he believes by doing this, he could prevent crimes and trauma that, you know, similar to what happened to him throughout Gotham and kind of cleanse the soul of Gotham through his style of justice. But at the same time, you can still see, especially the beginning and throughout the film, I feel like it changes at the end, but I feel like he he's afraid. He's still afraid. I still view him as a, a afraid little boy trying to make sure the bad guys don't harm him or anyone else ever again, you know? Because there's just sometimes where I'm like, you're going overboard or like, what's the purpose of this? Like it kind of, honestly, sometimes I feel like it gets a little selfish um, that especially when it involves the people around him, like Alfred and um, Catwoman who are going to get to later, but he's pretty cold to a lot of people. Like he does not take the time 
to even get to know the people that he's helping, get to know the people that's supporting him. Like he just feels like he's on he's on a mission, a mission that only he can do and receive no help from anyone else. So in a lot of ways, I feel like he's still a child, um, especially in the way he views, like I said, morality as black and white. There's no gray. So I feel like when he meets Catwoman, he kind of sees, okay, there's some gray. Um, and once he hears some revelations from Alfred and some other characters, he's, I think that rocks his world. Um, and I feel like he always thought that evil is one thing and good is one thing, but they never mix. And in some ways, I feel like it kind of mixes in terms of it. It kind of mixes within his spirit throughout the episode, throughout the throughout the uh, throughout the movie. Because, like I said, he goes, he like really like on like on niggas. Like I'm like oh, chill. Like they were just trying to. I mean, they were criminal, not criminals, but they were, you know, they were trying to jump the nigga, and that's you know not great. But you don't have to bash these people in like. You know, it was getting kind of awkward sometimes. I'm like, ugh. Um, so I feel like he's a slave to fear and he's a slave to anger. All the while, it, he tries to put on a surface level of him being in control of all these emotions. You read some of the um, kind of the character descriptions and they would describe this Batman as kind of being addicted to crime fighting. It's kind of a, an addiction to him. He loses sleep. He really doesn't care for those, not care for those around him, but he's not present. Like he's not, he thinks he's in his own world and people just has to get used, people have to get used to it. Um, And, but at the end, I feel like it, I'm really trying to see how I can say things without, I'm going to just say it like this. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. But at the end, I feel like he realizes, oh, I have to know these people. I have to be not a symbol of fear, per se, but I have to be a symbol of hope. Um, and I think from that, he takes the time, like, or he's starting to take the time to get to know people, um, get to realize humans are fully fleshed out, complicated beings, and you can't just sideline everyone as you know, good or bad. Like everybody is an in-between. We all have dark and light within us. Um, so I think at the end, this Batman is kind of a little more mature, emotionally mature in that sense. Because um, he realizes like he is a symbol for hope for Gotham. Um, and as long as he's that, he has to make sure he cannot rule or carry things out purely through fear and anger. Because then at the end of the day, it's like you're no different from these villains because these villains are inspired by him. They see Riddler literally says himself, like, we're inspired by you, or at least he was inspired by um, Batman. Um, because they see Batman uses fear. He uses fear. He uses his own persona. And they see right through him that persona is the true him. Um so they, I, I mean, it makes sense that they're inspiring. You have a lot of adaptations where the villains are like Dark Knight, how Joker's kind of inspired, influenced by Batman. In this uh, iteration of Batman, Riddler is inspired, influenced by Batman. 
and you'll you'll have some some villains that are that constantly say this like i was inspired by you by your sense of kind of getting things done through your own way and how you envision them but of course they take it beyond and you know do mass homicide and murder and stuff like that um so i think batman also realizes the power he has not only within the realm of the good but also in the realm of evil um both sides seem to be influenced by him um but he needs to make sure that the influence that he invokes is one of justice and hope not so much of fear losing control neglecting people not taking people's feelings emotions thoughts into consideration which these supervillains will do they don't give a fuck about you they view they try to change the world in their own image and how they see fit and batman i think he's starting especially with that talk of riddler i feel like he's like i damn what did i just say damn shit. what did i just say damn i feel like he can't escape the fact that damn i might have influenced these villains like i mean honestly what really said made sense like you do change the world as you see fit and really you know kick ass take names later and but in the villains case they just kill and yeah <laughs> don't take any names they just kill um so yeah i think in the next sequel we're going to see a more emotionally mature definitely more experience um and a bruce wayne and a batman that's a little bit more open who takes a little bit more time to be a human you know and kind of acknowledge his mortality and his humanity and not really be this all-encompassing like i'm vengeance you know type i'm i'm immortal like you know because it honestly at a certain point you have to say especially since you're a billionaire you, that's kind of an ego going to you I, I mean in my opinion um don't forget the little people don't be in your own world and be in your i gotta do everything myself and don't get into your head in that way to the point where you forget the 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 average person and that's the people that you're trying to save so um but yeah i feel like i'm going in circles with this but yeah in the next sequel i'm confident we're going to see a more mature batman and um i'm i'm interested in seeing how well he has a handle on his internal emotions now with robert pattinson's portrayal of batman um i like kind of the little e because now that you know this is a younger batman i think he's close to 30. i don't know how robert how old robert pattinson is in real life but that doesn't matter um i think he played especially kind of the bruce wayne we we didn't see kind of the playboy bruce wayne but we did get kind of like an emo Bruce Wayne, which I kind of like, because usually with the regular Bruce Wayne, we see the smiling persona, playboy, billionaire, stuff like that. But this one, he was just on some 
emo shit. And I, I kind of liked it. I, I really liked it. So I don't know if it's more so because the older Batman kind of realizes he has to put on this persona or he's just good like at this not only does he have to put on the persona but he's just really good at putting on the persona at that point like in his third late 30s 40s whatever or i don't know the reason for it but i like it i like kind of the somber um bruce wayne i feel like he got the feeling of loneliness and definitely because i read you know how bruce wayne is addicted to the batman um addicted to the batman um so i think he played that very well there were times where i'm like damn like i see that um he kind of looked drugged out sometimes he was out of it we see bruises around him which is definitely not a uncommon thing that we see when you know bruce wayne takes his shirt off um so i think the bruce wayne role i really liked it i think it gave something new um in terms of batman yeah he got the look down uh, he like he really has the look down i think he got the he got batman down i think he got batman down pretty well um definitely the parts where he loses control um you could see that through even though he's masked up you can kind of see that youthful type of energy this time um and also i feel like robert Pattinson did a good job of showing how batman slash bruce wayne really is still figuring out you know being batman and you know juggling these two lives and i feel like he did a good job of showing that he don't know what he's doing all the time even though he tries to put on an air of he does he don't know what he's doing and there's sometimes where he made kind of like kind of he made mistakes you know he kind of either went on too aggressively didn't think things through kind of was rash i feel like this batman is definitely more rash a little more i don't want to say unhinged but a little more out of control especially with him not really listening to alfred um but yeah i feel like he did a very good job of portraying both identities and particularly identities as a young bruce wayne and a young batman so i think he did a good job so with catwoman i was really excited just generally excited to see um catwoman because i feel like zoe kravitz definitely got the look down and i'm gonna get more into that what i mean by that but in general as catwoman as a character i'm also very interested i was interested very interested because Catwoman has many different background stories. There's usually not one consistent storyline similar to the Joker. Um, and, you know, there's some portrayals of Catwoman where she, um, you know, was a sex worker, some where she's a petty criminal, some where she's a high class criminal, some where she comes from wealth. Like, so it's a lot of different, some where she's an orphan. Like, there's a lot of iterations of Catwoman slash Selena Kyle. And, um, I was interested in seeing how they're going to go about this uh, one. So with this spoiler, she's the daughter of Carmine uh, Falcone. Falcone, I don't know. I'm gonna use. I'm gonna be inter. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna say that interchangeably if I have to say his name again because I kind of like both of them. 
um, who's a major crime lord uh, and pretty much runs Gotham. And not just in this portrayal of Batman or in this film, but Carmine Falcone, he is, he's a gangster. <laughs> like in all the iterations of Batman, he runs shit. Um, so it was interesting. I don't think I've ever, there's been some where the Huntress has played, not played, has been the daughter. I mean, that's a consistent storyline where she's the daughter of a crime lord. Um, but having Catwoman, I, to me, I, um, I really like that iteration of Catwoman, um, because it forces the gray anti-hero core that you know that isn't present in each Catwoman iteration where Catwoman's trying to do good but she's also bad but she does it in a good way but she does it in a bad way you know so it having her lineage her yeah be literally consisting of a crime lord and just you know a small time waitress um you know one of the quote-unquote good guys it forces her to have that kind of amalgam of good and bad already within her as opposed to batman where he grows up believing that you know both of his parents are truly good and so you know he's good at his core and he is kind of almost i don't say christened but kind of anointed in being the one the chosen one to not even chosen one but being anointed to kick out crime in gotham because he is good his family is good he represents good in his mind he represents everything that is good but catwoman has to deal with duality she has to deal with actual real life batman kind of always has had the privilege of kind of really looking down on people with his resources with his intellect with his stature all types of stuff um, where he comes from. So he kind of has the privilege of being like, well, I'm good and my parents never did anything bad and blah, 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 blah. But when it comes to the everyday person, sometimes you got to make choices that aren't the greatest. Catwoman, I don't believe is a true, like, I guess a, a Catwoman has never been a quote unquote arch, archetypal archetype. Yeah, has been the villain archetype. Like she's never been the bona fide villain where she's just trying to wreak havoc. I mean, she is trying to wreak havoc sometimes, but you know what I mean. Like she's an anti-heroine. She's a she's good and bad. She, I think, she reflects the actual person. Um, so I kind of like how the fact that her father is a crime lord really she can't stray away from the bad. She can't as opposed to Batman where he is either blinded from, you know, his family sorted history um, or just chooses not to go in it or like he, he has a choice to what, whether he wants to dig deep into, he has a choice. He, he always has choices, but sometimes when you don't have choices, it forces you to do things that aren't so savory. So I feel like this was the essence of Catwoman, the character, in this whole entire film. Um, also, similarly to Batman in this one, she's also young, like I said, with the Batman year one, she's also young, also trying to figure out high identity and past, similarly to Batman. And I, I feel like the only, the main difference, especially at the end, 
I feel like it's all about how your past controls you. And with that control, with that influence that your past has, how will you receive the world and how will you respond to the world? And I feel like at the end, Batman wants to be kind of free of letting his past control him and tries to carve out an identity for himself and not really have it be mainly tied to his parents. But I feel like he's trying to do, okay, so what do I want to do? Who am I as a person? Not so much, oh, since my parents were this way, I'm this way and also letting my trauma influence me. And like, I feel like he's trying to move on. But Catwoman, as we all do, I feel like she kind of loses that battle and she still not even loses the battle, but she's still trying to figure herself out. I don't think she views her in the same light that Batman views himself yet, like as a symbol. And Catwoman never will view herself as a symbol because not everybody needs to be a symbol. Not everybody wants to be a symbol. So she still, I think she goes, she leaves. She says maybe Bloodhaven where, you know, Nightwing, we, Robin isn't introduced yet. But, you know, when Robin grows up to be Nightwing, he becomes kind of the symbol of justice at Bloodhaven. That's kind of his stomping grounds. But um, Catwoman, I feel like she, she, her past is still kind of controlling her but she doesn't want it to. That's what I got. Um, so I kind of like how they were kind of counterparts for each other. Um, I also read like, you know, Catwoman has always been kind of the feminine identity for Batman. And I definitely see that um, prevalent throughout the whole film. And I think not a foil for Batman, but I think Catwoman forces Batman to be like, oh, okay, people are, complicated like i said before um in terms of zoe kravitz portrayal as catwoman the look the aesthetic was definitely like on point like she's hot she looks good um i'm not trying to get too descriptive but um she looks good she looks good she looks really good i think she's a natural look for catwoman However, I feel like sometimes she was a little stiff. She was kind of, in certain parts, she was kind of overdoing it. Um, like just, it was just some scenes where I was just like, girl, you don't have to switch your hips that much. You know what I mean? Like make it sexy, but make it sexy, but like effortless. You know, it was kind of like, this is how Catwoman is and this is how sexy she is. And let me make it real sexy, like make it really explicitly sexy. I'm not even talking about like, like tension or like sexual tension type stuff. Like literally when she would be walking sometimes, it's like she was putting her hips way into it where it was like, girl, you about to hurt yourself. Um, but well, yeah, that, and I don't know, I think with the acting, I I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket for this because I want to see her as Catwoman in, I don't know if she's going to play Catwoman in the sequel, but I want to see more portrayals of Catwoman because I feel like Catwoman has always been a character that shows up in one of the Batman movies. You know what I mean? Um, like Batman, the, the, the Dark Knight trilogy, Catwoman shows up in the third one. Um, or you have the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman where she only shows up one time and 
we not mention Holly Berry. We love you, Holly Berry, but we not mention that one. So I feel like Catwoman has never been a progress progression. Um, Catwoman as a character, Catwoman as a role has never been in kind of like a okay, Batman one, Batman two, Batman three. It's only she shows up in one film, and I want to see kind of the evolution of Catwoman. I wouldn't put it past them to have a spinoff, like a Catwoman spinoff um, from this franchise that they're trying to build, but I don't want to be too critical of Zoe's um, portrayal because I want to see her play Catwoman some more. That was her first ever portrayal um, as Catwoman, so I'm not going to put too much on her um, cause it's her first time, but I just want her to be kind of effortlessly, like kind of femme fatale. Um, and that's as Catwoman and kind of as Selena Kyle, I feel like as Selena Kyle, we got to see more of her. Um, and I even, you know, doing my little research before, like Zoe Kravitz emphasized, like she wanted to show more of Selena than Catwoman. Um, and I kind of like that. Kind of like we got to see the inside of Catwoman, um, as opposed to Dark Knight trilogy, where it was just mostly Catwoman. Um, and Selena Kyle showed up every now and then. But I feel like in this one, we were able to kind of separate Cat. We we were able to combine them, but we were also able to separate Selena Kyle from Catwoman and see Selena Kyle's identity as Selena Kyle, as just the non-Catwoman. Um, like we got a look into her relationships. Um, shout out to, you know, the bi Catwoman. I had to like, it wasn't explicit. I thought it was just her friend, but I'm also very oblivious. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's confirmed that she is bi, just like in the uh, comics. Um, so, you know, uh, do I like her having a white girlfriend and then be interested in the white man? Uh, do I think there's a white, black, interracial uh, gender? Uh, maybe. But, you know, we can't have everything sometimes. But I really like how we had a fleshed out Selena Kyle. And I think as Selena Kyle, Zoe Kravitz did a very, very, very good job. As for the Catwoman look, nailed it. Uh, you know, there's still a few tweaks. I'm a, I'm a huge cat. Like, if anything, at this point, I think I love Catwoman a little bit more than Batman because she's just more realistic um, as a character. So, you know, sans the stealing jewels and all of that, but, like, just Catwoman as a character is just more relatable. She's kind of the gray area that is present in each and every one of us. So... And she's just more realistic. She knows people well. She knows how to read people. She knows how to interact with people without being all technical with it, like Batman is. So um, I'm just very in-depth with this because I really love Catwoman. So, But overall, I think, like, Zoe, you did very well. We're all proud of you. And, um, yeah, I... One more, like, well, I'm a, like I said, I'm gonna save it for if she comes back for the sequel. But I just need a little more ferocity from her, just a little more, like, you know. Um, but yeah, also, I didn't like the, I didn't like the motion graphics they were using when during some of the fight scenes. It was like, it, it felt like a CGI 
video game character. Like I, it, it kind of took me out. Like if y'all saw, if y'all saw the movie, y'all know what you're, what I'm talking about. Um, if y'all need some stunt, like stunt women, you know, some stunt people to do those, please do that or just do some subtle CGI. But when I was seeing it, I just it kind of took me out. I was like, okay, this. It felt like a video game, and I'm definitely going to talk about that much later. But overall, great job. So with Riddler, um, played by Paul Dano, Dano, D-A-N-O, um, I loved it. I love this um, portrayal of the Riddler. I feel like with most portrayals, or not even portrayals, but with Riddler as a character, He's usually, like, he's definitely, you know, a bona fide villain, definitely one of the more major villains. However, it's always kind of like he's, like, several shades below the Joker in terms of severity, intensity, what have you. And his motives seem to mainly be proving that he's more superior in terms of intellect than the Batman and anyone else. Um, very uh, egotistical uh, type of villain. And, you know, he, he might even commit murder every now and then, maybe very rare compared to the other villains. Um, but I'm, I'm just talking about generally, like, of course, there's so many adaptations. But generally speaking, when it comes to media portrayal of the Riddler, he's never that he's serious, but not like the Joker serious um, or Rachel Ghoul or Talia Al Ghul. Nothing like that. Not even Mr. Freeze, even though he kind of has that sympathy thing going for him. Um, so, or the uh, Killer Croc, or, you know, kind of not vicious. But this Riddler was vicious. He was vicious. He was dark. He was psychotic. He was disturbed. He was on a killing spree, kind of. The things that he had set up were very similar to Joker in the Dark Knight uh, trilogy. So I, I kind of like seeing Riddler being in that type of pocket because I've never seen that. And then you have that coupled with all the, you know, the riddles and, the you know, um, the mind games and stuff like that. It really, I feel like if it wasn't for the Riddler, it, this film, this film would have just been like a pure detective, let's uncover the corruption type of film. But I think having the Riddler kind of, it on another level where not only was like a crime detective type of thing it was a thriller it was it kind of got psychological kind of got kind of got what's the word i'm always saying what's the word what's the word it got tense it got tense like seeing it in the theaters um and that's why i kind of am an advocate for seeing certain movies in the theaters or seeing movies with people because you really get that uh, i feel like the from the movie you kind of sense what the movie is trying to give off as opposed to just seeing it by yourself um you can get other people's reactions too and most of the times they might maybe probably will be the same as yours so it kind of augments that effect but anyway um i feel like this one was actually scary like to the point where i wouldn't really show it to little kids i would show the dark knight to a 10 year old I don't know if I would show this movie to a 10-year-old. Um, so, like, I would show Dark Knight Returns to a 10-year-old. Um, I wouldn't show this to a 10-year-old. 
So I, his portrayal, like he really had you guessing. Uh, he was definitely, Paul really had the Riddler as a scene stealer. Like I look forward to each scene with the Riddler compared to the other characters. Um, and I feel like with this one, he actually had a point, a motive um, outside of just money or proving his intellect. Uh, so I really enjoyed him. I really, really enjoyed him. And I'm glad to see kind of the Riddler get more of that respect as a villain because he he deserves that respect. He's been in the game for a while. So he's definitely one of Batman's classic villains. So I really love seeing that. I'm glad. I'm glad. He kind of gave like kind of a little scarecrow weirdo vibe a little bit, but he was even weirder mixed with the psych psychosis of the Joker and the actions of the Joker. Um, he gave us a lot. He gave us a lot. And then kind of, I, I remember, I think Rachel Ghoul. he, I'm not, I'm trying to avoid as many spoilers as possible. So I'm not even gonna get into that, but overall I love the Riddler. Moving on to, in this one, he is a lieutenant, James Gordon, not the commissioner, um, played by Jeffrey Wright, who, you know, he's been in a lot. Um, I I really liked his portrayal of uh, Gordon. I was about to say Commissioner Gordon, but of Gordon. I think he was definitely perfect, kind of served as a great moral core for Batman. He also kind of had that, because this is, the first the second year of batman he's still he knows batman is what the city needs and he's definitely down to support him but he also sees that batman kind of needs a little bit pulling back or at least he needs to be centered so i feel like he did a great job of showing that kind of dichotomy like he's definitely a hope but he's kind of not polished out just yet and you have to be patient he realizes you have to be patient he realizes that batman is flawed but with some the right support he sees what batman can definitely become um because he knows at the end of the day he's fighting for justice regardless of the tools he uses and stuff he he has a code just like gordon um and by that he knows that he's doing it for the right reasons um so I loved it. And also just seeing that he's one of the first public entities to support Batman um, as a lieutenant in um, the GCPD. Um, you know, he's one of the first public figures to support Batman. So I think he did a great job of showing that and also showing the burgeoning relationship between Batman and Gordon. And um, yeah, I like that. I think he also kind of added a comedic element it was definitely that was needed with gordon um i liked it i think he fit in that pocket very well and it was just very natural for uh jeffrey wright to kind of get into that gordon role so i loved it i love him as gordon uh alfred pennyworth played by like the iconic andy circus i liked I, i'm gonna say i like the. i really like all the characters i really do i like the portrayals of all the characters i think with alfred we've seen tons and tons of alfreds um i think in this instance because batman is just starting out this alfred is someone definitely relatively younger but outside of that is someone who's still not all the way convinced by or supportive 
of Bruce as Batman. He has a sense of duty to the household. And I can tell, at least in my opinion, I feel like he kind of feels like he failed the, or not failed, but he's failing the household by allowing Bruce to just go out and be on, do this whole criminal crusade and putting himself in danger and putting him literally directly, putting himself literally directly in harm's way, which is kind of the opposite of his role as Bruce's guide, really adopted father. Um, so adopted father, does that make sense? Y'all know what I mean, like a surrogate father. Um, so I, he's trying to trust Bruce, but I do think he's kind of put off by him as Batman. And you can also, like, I was so used to Batman being a pure, conf pure, being a, I overthink y'all, y'all already know, but Batman as a, uh, Alfred as a confidant for Batman. You don't have that buddy relationship yet. You don't have that, like, Alfred, times are tough. I'm, I want to rely on you. He, maybe some tinges of that, but you don't see that kind of, it, it, that strength, that that strength that they usually have, the strength of their bond isn't really shown. The relationship is still pretty tense, I feel like. Um, you don't see them talking to each other that often unless the, he has to. Um, or by he, I'm talking about Batman or Bruce has to talk with Alfred. So I like kind of seeing the kind of the brand new relationship they have because you have to think this is his second year as batman so this is kind of this is very new this is still new for um alfred so i'm interested in seeing how you know batman i feel like at the end of the movie his heart kind of opened up a little bit and he's kind of seeing who he can trust instead of just not trusting not fully trusting anyone um for a variety of reasons but I, um, especially since he sees that those closest to him can get hurt as well. So he does need to be an open line and kind of stay connected with them and not neglect them. So I'm interested in seeing how their relationship will change in the next movie or evolve in the next movie. And finally, we have, you know, there's all other types of characters, you know, that I can go over, but really they're minor in the grand scheme of things. Um, like, we're not going to go over Falcone. We kind of one note character a little bit, but we're going to go over the last one, last but definitely not least, uh, the Penguin played by Colin Farrell or Oswald Cobblebot, you know, played by Colin Farrell. Um, Penguin has always been... I've always enjoyed seeing him. I've always enjoyed seeing him. We see him uh, be portrayed by Danny DeVito. Um, and, you know, in the cartoons, you know, his little shtick with the umbrella uh, as a crime lord as well. This penguin, he's kind of a middleman. Um, he's the right-hand man to the Falcone. Uh, Falcone. Um, he's not the top crime boss that we've seen him in a lot of different iterations um but he's on track you already see that ambition he's on track to being the new kingpin he's on track to being something even greater um i really enjoyed each scene with the penguin that car chase was so good um that car chase y'all already know what i'm talking about like i really enjoy him i think penguin he 
I think plays on the fact that Batman really doesn't know people as well as he thinks he does, um, especially this new age, not new age Batman, but this young Batman. And Penguin, he's definitely a seasoned uh, criminal, definitely about to be even more seasoned um, as we're about to see, I feel like. Um, but I think he he played Penguin very well. His face looked like the Penguin. Um, and I like how it was kind of just natural features that made him look like penguin and a penguin um so i loved it i loved it i loved how they included the iceberg lounge like i was on a talk not on a talk but you know them twitter spaces i forget the damn I, the black something i forget the review the review place or review or review source whatever but um they said, especially the Ice Bell Lounge, but they said, like, this Batman film felt like Batman the Animated Series, the film. And I agree. Like, having the Iceberg Lounge is definitely iconic. Definitely a classic Batman um, location, I feel like, outside of, of course, you know, Arkham Asylum and what have you and Bloodhaven or not even Bloodhaven, but the Gotham Manor and the police department. Iceberg Lounge is definitely an OG type of uh, location when it comes to the Batman um, universe. So I love that. I love how they kind of have that as Penguin's domain. Um, so I, I I really enjoyed it. I really hope that the Penguin has a big, even bigger role in the next film. So we'll see about that. But I really enjoyed it. I feel like a lot of the new characters brought something fresh to classic characters that we've known and loved and um, definitely stayed true to the core of the characters, but added their own twist, their own element, their own flair to it. So I really enjoyed all the portrayals, to be honest. Now with the, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just talk about kind of like the themes instead of the plot, because I feel like the themes will just inherently touch on the plot, but we have all types of themes. and more so themes that have, I feel like have been prevalent throughout each and every Batman movie. But um, yeah, we have, let's start off with vengeance. Um, I am vengeance. I am vengeance. I am vengeance. I am vengeance. I'm vengeance. Um, Batman literally channels the spirit of vengeance a god of vengeance if you want to really get philosophical with it and we see that transform into one of kind of hope um more of a i feel like hope is probably like i don't know in a way a counterpart to vengeance that they, they both go hand in hand um but vengeance is just a little definitely more i feel like it's naturally kind of more violent um even just the word vengeance like that's a tough ass word like vengeance that's like that that word invokes something in you you know like a ooh, ooh, you know as opposed to hope where it's like shining light something that you look up to vengeance is something where you get down dirty you get bloody you do what you have to do to avenge um so i feel like with that and and i think that's why you know people like the riddler 
kind of they're inspired by Batman because he does have his own brand of vengeance, doing what he has to do, whether it's kind of morally shaky or not. As long as it's avenging avenging those who have been wrong, then it's justified. Um, and it, of course, it's you know relies on fear. I think it relies on anger. It relies on a certain type of hatred. I think. Um, and I'm just speaking on that, not saying whether that's good or bad. That's just, I feel like that's how it is. Um, and I feel like that's able to be, that the theme of vengeance is able to be warped by these supervillains and kind of justifying their actions. So they kind of feel like they're on a pure crusade, just like Batman. But it's just with him, he kind of has codes and, you know, boundaries and stuff. But when you have that without boundaries, it's it's pretty much limitless. Like we've seen... Um, damn, I forget. It's an alternate, alternate universe of Batman where he kind of has, he don't have those, these boundaries. He kind of, he kills. Um, and like within five years, I think he kills like all the supervillains and pretty much the entire Justice League gets lazy. They kind of get weaker. They're not used to having this constant battle. But besides that, um, we see you can easily become a villain. Um, would they say you live long enough to see yourself as a villain or die as a hero? And I do think that is definitely prevalent. Um, if Batman doesn't have a control on himself or a hold on himself, well, and eh, yeah, that does play along. But I do think Batman knows that one day he will die um, as a symbol, um, as a symbol for justice, as a symbol for hope. Like he has to not take into account his mortality at a certain point that's out the window. He can't be afraid of that to be vengeance. Um, so I definitely feel that was played, uh, played definitely played a bit throughout the whole film. Um, and then I feel like with vengeance, we kind of get into this blurred lines type of theme where is a lot of gray amoral areas. Am well, not amoral, but gray areas. Um, gray moral areas. Um, that's what I meant to say. When, especially when Batman finds out, like, so just to clarify, his father, yes, there was a journalist, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. There was a journalist that, because I feel like people kind of will misconstrue this. But there was a journalist that basically was going to air out the Wayne's dirty laundry. Um, and Thomas Wayne went to Falcone, not to have him killed, but kind of to they was he in the movie literally put the fear of God in him um, to prevent, you know, the dirty news from going out. However, Falcone being the thug lord that he is, you know, ends up, you know, having the nigga murdered. And this is not what Tom Wayne wanted to happen, but the way it was fed to Batman at first from Falcone was as if his father, you know, was for the murder of this person. But what we hear from Alfred, he really wasn't. He didn't know he would go that far. When you're dealing with a crime lord, it's like you're dealing with a gangster, a gangster. Um I mean, niggas might get killed. So it's like, I kind of call a little BS on that, Alfred. But, you know, let's just say he was moving out of fear and really wasn't thinking clearly. Let's just say that. 
But I think Batman has to recognize and is forced to deal with, damn, my, you know, my father didn't have a great history. My mom, you know, they were trying to cover up her history. I'm really trying to cover up as many, cover up, trying to prevent as many spoilers as possible. I'm really trying not to be as detailed as I can be, but y'all just need to know the gist of what I'm talking about. Um, you know, and people who watch the movie, y'all won't even care about this because um, y'all already know what I'm talking about. But um, yeah, he has to force to deal with my family was not 100% good. Am I 100% good? What does that make me? You know, um, and then he runs into Catwoman. He sees, she, you know, she does certain things. She can be a little over the edge, but she kind of still does things out of vengeance, out of kind of a sense of justice but she kind of does it in not a very neat way neat as he would like it to be even though he doesn't do things in a neat way either but he's forced to see there's good and bad and it's all about the balance you know between that you can go overboard and end up going through a dark path um so yeah we see that kind of uh good and evil and the in between uh the in-between of good and evil play out. Um, and then we see kind of dark histories, how they can create monsters, they can create heroes, and they create somewhere in between. Dark histories, especially when it comes to like childhood trauma, as we see with Catwoman, um, what she also had to deal with, or Selena Kyle had to deal with as a child. Um, and same with Bruce Wayne as a child dealing with family death how we see how dark histories and that type of early trauma can create, uh, like I said, create monsters, create heroes, and create some kind of in-between. I do believe Batman is a monster in his own right. Um, maybe not like an evil monster, but he's something. He a monster. Like, you know what I mean? He's something. He's a, he's, he's, he's a force to be reckoned with. Same with Catwoman same with the riddler so i feel like they all had early traumas that shaped them to be who they are right now now it's how you handle and maintain that that's who that's what shapes you it, it, it's not only the history but how you handle it and the influence that it has on you um is what creates what you know we see in the present so i feel like that definitely played a huge um a huge role, a huge, yeah, a huge, huge role in this movie. Also, like, Gotham as a city, Gotham as a people, Gotham as a population, Gotham as a dark history. Um, however, should we let it, should we just be complacent or content with, okay, this is just how we are, this is how we're always going to be, or... Should we be like, okay, we're calling these things out. Gotham is corrupt to its core, which I'm about to get into later. That's another one of my little phrases about to get into. But are we going to let our dark history guide us? Or are we going to try to move above that with keeping in mind how we're connected to that dark history? Are we going to move forward? Or are we going to just be the cesspool that we are? Um and I feel like that's kind of what the mayor la love or whatever la la hope something I forget her name played by uh I forget her name too but she's a, also having a mayor as a black woman I've never I think one movie the mayor was a black man 
or at least I think it was Harvey Dent. That was a black man. That was the one in um, the 80s, 90s. The one with Michelle Pfeiffer, I believe. But anyway, that was also an interesting element because um, I feel like a lot of these movies are using black women as the future or purveyors of hope as well, um, which I found interesting. I don't know if they were trying to increase their diversity numbers or whatever, but I liked it. I mean, I didn't like the part, I don't want to say too much, but I didn't like the end where she, let's just say she got hurt. Like, I did not like seeing that at all. I literally, before I was like, please, I pray this don't happen. She's okay at the end if y'all, you know, but I didn't like seeing that. But anyway, I feel like she is also a good representative. Let's let, not let our dark history, our corrupted past shape us into people who believe that's all we deserve and that's all we'll ever be. Let's move beyond that. Um, so I think that definitely the histories and trauma plays a huge role in the entire uh, movie as well as the characters' lives and how it shapes of who they are right now. Um, then, you know, I feel like the classism thing, um, you know, the wealthy fat cats at the top and the everyday workers at the bottom, I feel like that's going to be more prevalent in this decade and not just in Batman. And I feel like it's always been prevalent in Batman. So I don't want to keep talking about it, at least in the scope of Batman, because I feel like it's always been prevalent. But I think in this age, now more than ever, we're going to see kind of that classism um, topic that I don't even want, that's understating and saying it's a topic. Like it's a deep, it's a deep evil that's like going on with classism. So, and we're only seeing it strengthen and strengthen as the years go on. So um, that I think helped the film to be, even though they, you know, the Batman universe always, at least the film always kind of gets into this, especially having Batman be a billionaire and Catwoman kind of being from the streets, um, kind of having that class dichotomy always prevalent. Um, even though they didn't really touch race, like that's disassociated from it, but that's a whole nother story. Um, I think it helps, it still helps it become a timely type of film. Um, as well as like the themes of corruption. I think Gotham, corruption and Gotham will always go hand in hand. Um, and I, it's sad, but like corruption is still a timely topic. Corruption seems to always be a major element in any human society but specifically gotham and we know how gotham is influenced by new york city and we know new york city is corrupt can be corrupt is corrupt uh as well as this whole entire country so i feel like we're always going to see those themes um corruption not only in like the classist sense or like the financial corruption or government corruption but also moral corruption the corruption of the soul um, making sure where we don't lead into that path because it's easy to get into that path. Um, so yeah, I feel like all of these things really mesh well with the plot, um, kind of the the happenings of the entire uh, movie. So and kind of themes that have always been in the Batman, like I said, Batman universe, but just played out with the not played out but pl you know what i mean played out in a different iteration a different form
So we we talked, we talked, we talked, we talked, we talked, we talked. Now it's time for, like I said, my favorite segment of the entire episode, which is, I guess, favorite part. I feel like this these episodes aren't really segmented, but my favorite part, which is is giving, where I'm going to just give y'all my overall thoughts and let y'all know what the shit is giving. I'm excited because it's my first film where I am doing this. So, yeah, let's go. Um, I overall, I enjoyed the film. I think there was definitely an emphasis the the twitter spaces thing that i was in they were also talking about how they felt like there was an emphasis on the detective work um of the film which i agree with and i also thought as well um it's less like batman the superhero more so batman the detective and i think when it's batman the detective it's definitely i think it's the best I think yeah I think that's where we see Batman as the Batman that Batman fans love pretty much um you know people always talk about Batman versus Superman like that's Batman the superhero don't get me wrong Batman can fuck anybody up anytime any day but Batman the detective is also I feel like more of an understated um understated side of batman even though he is a detective i feel like at his core he is a detective um so i really like seeing that and i think the way we know the true batman is through that kind of detective lens um and also like just going back to what i said about batman the animated series like it did feel like batman animated series the film um definitely kind of a darker tone we get kind of into the psychology of Batman. We kind of hear his inner thoughts, um, more of like of a noir type of tone and setting. Um, less so like, let's beat this bad guy that's about to destroy the entire world. Like it's more central to Gotham, central to Batman um, and his world, which is Gotham. Um so I, I and I love the Batman anime series like I love it when I tell you if you were to ask how what where can I go to to really get the true essence of Batman watch the entire Batman the animated series the one in the 90s watch it I think they do an excellent job I think that's the foundation of everything Batman um at least a portrayal of the foundation of everything that is Batman in his world and the characters that reside in his world. I love it. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed the film because of that. Um, and I think every Batman fan will be pretty generally pleased. Um, the cinematography I think was probably one of the best I've seen in a Batman film. Like it was definitely intentional kind of give it a, definitely more an artistic feel to it um like with the dark knight trilogy i think it was more of a blockbuster movie feel to it um like how can we entertain these people there were some slow points especially in dark knight but like how can we entertain 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 blockbuster blockbuster hollywood 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 and it was cool it was good i love the dark knight trilogy but this one was definitely more toned down more subtle um and you see that more toned down more subtle more quieter more solemn more somber than the other batman films i feel like that 
entertainment was kind of the main element one of the main elements i feel like this one you just watch you sit down and watch the story play out and it's a very story heavy type of film um so i think the cinematography definitely like gave you eerie gave you thriller at times gave you detective at times gave you noir gave you gave you a lot of stuff that is classic batman um and like i said i think it's one of the best i've ever seen and i think because of the enhanced cinematography it made it more disturbing to watch definitely even more so than the dark knight like honestly the dark knight is kind of child's play compared to this one uh, it was definitely creepy at times and i feel like that's that's where batman and by batman i'm i guess like i'm gonna keep saying the batman universe or the batman arc whatever that really is the heart of it batman got some crazy wild psychological stories more so than many of the main characters of the dc universe so I think it definitely did it justice, uh, kind of the art of the film. Um, I don't think the movie needs to be three hours. I think a nice little two hour, two hour and some change movie would have done fine. I went into the movie, uh, someone told me it was three hours, but it didn't register until I was actually in the movie like, damn, this movie's still going, damn. This movie's still going, damn. This movie is still going so i didn't think it needs to be three hours that could have been a director's cut but it was good i i mean i must watch three hours of batman because i'm a batman fan so um i think one of the downer notes that i would say is the graphics kind of lessened it kind of cheapened sometimes the effects like the fighting scenes especially the one with catwoman and batman like I'm like, these are graphics. These aren't even stunts, physical stunts. These are graphics. And I think it cheapened kind of the effect of many of the action scenes. Um, Some of the scenes, especially with the acting, felt like gameplay walkthroughs that you might watch on YouTube, like Arkham Asylum Part 1 walkthrough, you know, or uh, no, cutscenes. It felt like cutscenes at times. and the graphics didn't help sometimes so um especially with like the bats i think they kind of they kind of um overplayed their hand a little bit too much with the effects um and i don't know i think even though i really enjoyed this film and i do enjoy batman films in general I still prefer the animated Batman stories, and I don't know if it's just how DC characters come across on the screen, um, like when live action, but I always prefer animated, 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 animated. I don't know why, but you really feel the characters when it's animated, um, DC animated, like whether it's Wonder Woman, Superman, Batman, I do feel like that medium is the best. I will still stand on that. Um, until we see uh, a plethora of movies come out, live action movies, DC animated movies come out. And I'm like, okay, this, it captures the spirit of these characters. So far, I don't see it. Um, Even the Robot Chicken um, DC, you know, episodes, like, I feel like captures the spirit 
even though like it's satire like i still feel like it's stays true to those characters so um even though it's comedic i still feel like it does even lego batman movie i feel like stayed true to the characters in a way that i haven't really seen at its core in like live action so i that's a personal note for me i don't know how others think about that but i think there's still a balancing level of these dc live action movies kind of being a little bit on the cheesier side even corny sometimes um or cheaper side like with the graphics and stuff so i don't know um and i also think now that batman is like batman will always be a household name however i think people aren't really relating to batman especially with this marvel you know explosion but i will say marvel has characters they can like you can definitely relate to them a little bit more a lot more actually i'll say that batman really is a white billionaire playboy who dresses up as a bat to fight crime that's kind of hard to relate to so i feel like I feel like the DC stories are kind of best suited for animated. I feel like Marvel characters always have a human, a very humanistic element to it, very direct influence on the real world, like X-Men and the Civil Rights Movement and um, Avengers and, you know, blah, 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 Spider-Man, you know, the everyday hero. So, um, I don't know. I... Yeah, that's I, I, maybe that's the reason why it always comes off as a little uh, on like live action screen, but you know, it, yeah, it's just hard to translate. I feel like, and I feel like anime stories just do a better job. But um, back to the positive, I like going back to Batman's first years as Batman. It's something that we don't really see on. Um, in a batman live action movie and i definitely think it's worth seeing his evolution play out um on the screen i think it's worth seeing that i think it's it adds something new to the batman film arc um and we get to see kind of more of the human side of batman without even trying not not without even trying but like without it playing too heavy on i'm bruce wayne and how can i juggle being batman and this is too like it, it, it this one is more subtle and it does a great way of kind of showing that kind of the human sides and the dark sides of each of the characters without it being too like on the nose i would say um we see him actively working out his trauma in subtle ways um and I feel like kind of that type of tone, setting, element, whatever you want to call it, kind of, like I said, gives a new side um, and can take us on new journeys that I feel like many audiences haven't seen yet. So I um, I, uh, I enjoy it. I will say, honestly, after this franchise, I'm still going to be watching Batman. However like in terms of the live action franchise i as a batman fan i'll always watch anything batman however i still feel like they ultimately cater to centering like superhero movies in general cater to you got a white hero white savior hero that relies on usually black people 
people of color to to get through their problems, internal problems and external. And then at the post credit scene, we get a new villain tease. Like I feel like it's a it's always that formula at the end of the day that laid ground foundation formula that we see in each superhero movie and i'm getting tired of it like i'm getting tired of it so um and that kind of made me fall out of love with batman just a little bit like in the past couple of years because i'm just like i don't really relate to this character as much as i used to i still relate to catwoman but and definitely harley quinn um but in terms of batman i don't know maybe it's the male superheroes but that's just how I feel. Um, I feel like I talked a lot, but look, long movie, long episode. So, yeah, long movie, long episode. So, um, I say overall, it's giving. It's giving a ninety. I would say it's giving a ninety. If it was shorter, maybe more. I'm definitely a little biased as a Batman fan, but I would say it's giving a ninety. It's um. The cinematography is good. I've really enjoyed the characters. Really enjoyed the action scene. That car chase scene was everything. Um, I just love how it really puts you into the world. Like you feel like you're in that world. So I love it. I like it. I like it. I think it's definitely looking good for um, the Batman franchise. So we'll see this revival. Um oh also i like how they didn't have the church played out we see batman's parents get shot and killed like everybody knows it even if you didn't see batman movies everybody knows it so i'm glad they kind of steered clear of that um but overall yeah it's given a 90 and cut shit i'm so awkward oh my god i'm so, I'm so awkward um yeah let's 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 close out the show so there y'all have it that was the batman um right now what's today march 7th so it came out this past week what on thursday which is if today's the seventh and yesterday's the sixth and saturday was the fifth and then friday was the fourth so march 3rd um for the most part at least you know how they have special screenings but um, Batman has not been out for a week, so I'm really a week yet. So I'm excited to see. Um, I'm excited to see the impact that it will have, more so on the younger generations, because I feel like there hasn't been a proper Batman film since Dark Knight Returns, and that was like what 2013. But in terms of like starting off a whole nother Batman, you know. Uh, story or I don't even say franchise but starting off a whole nother Batman storyline I guess if you want to say it like that on in the theaters um I'm not counting Justice League because it didn't really focus on Batman um but we haven't had that in Batman Returns was 2006 something like that but anyway 2005 i think but it's been a while it's been a while so i think this will be cool for the next generation of batman lovers next generation of kids all of that so i'm really excited to see the impact that it will have and i'm excited to see where they're going to take um they're going to take 
Batman uh, moving forward. So, yeah, hopefully it's a long episode, but like I said, long movie, long episode. So um, I'm excited to hear what y'all think. And once again, this is his giving, and I'll see y'all next time. Correction for all the nerds out there. That he said Batman, Batman uh, returns. I meant Batman Begins. Y'all know I got the date right, so don't even. But okay, see y'all later. Bye.